0: You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Without Cause. Hello, my radio friends. I'm glad that you've tuned in today to learn more about what God's Word, the Bible, has to say. A few times recently on the TV news, there have been reports of incidents of people committing crimes of violence, such as stabbing, to someone not known to them. In other cases, cars have been set on fire, and in a few cases, houses have been set alight. It's pretty common for this sort of thing to happen these days. Neighbors who've been interviewed after the crimes were committed in uh, where the crimes were committed, the neighbors in almost in every case were perplexed why anyone would want to harm the person or property of ones against whom the crime was committed. I realise that we do not know what goes on behind closed doors, but it seems as if in many cases the crimes were committed without there being any obvious cause. I've heard of irrational behaviour induced by certain illegal drugs, and that's been the reason behind various spontaneous crimes. The Australian Drug Foundation provides information about the effects of moderate and large amounts of common illegal drugs. According to the information on their website, there are at least 20 effects of moderate doses of cocaine, for example. The effects of cocaine can last anywhere from a few minutes to a couple of hours depending on how the cocaine was taken. When the immediate rush of the cocaine is worn off, the person may experience a crash, which is the case with many drugs. But these are some of the effects that may be experienced after taking cocaine. An immediate rush or feeling of euphoria or feelings of invincibility and a sense of well-being, increased talkativeness or quiet contemplation and rapture, increased confidence and a feeling of invincibility, feelings of great physical strength and mental capacity, increased libido, anxiety, agitation and panic, paranoia. Unpredictable, violent, aggressive behaviour. Feeling more awake, with a reduced need for sleep. Increased performance on simple tasks. Enlarged, that is, dilated pupils. Dry mouth. Increased breathing rate. Increased blood pressure and heart rate. Reduced appetite. Increased body temperature, increased strength and energy, indifference to pain, and localised pain relief. But did you notice these three effects from near the middle of the list I read you? Number one was anxiety, agitation and panic. The second one was paranoia. And the third one was unpredictable Violent or aggressive behaviour. I've heard of people being attacked by a cocaine user simply because the person looked at him or her. And that's scary. The victim did nothing to warrant being attacked. The attack was without cause. But of course, the matter doesn't just end there. Christians have been the subject of many attacks, persecution, imprisonment, and even death without cause. I want to share with you what's happening to Christians in North Korea currently. And there are quite a number of countries in the world where there is total intolerance to Christians. But this is the case in North Korea. The primary driver in North Korea of Christian persecution is the state. For three generations, everything in the country has focused on idolizing the leading Kim family. Christians are seen as hostile elements in society that have to be eradicated. There was hope that diplomatic efforts in 2018 including the 2018 Winter Olympics, would mean a lessening of pressure and violence against Christians. But so far, that has not been the case. Kim Jong-un has maintained his tight control over the populace, and dissent, or worshipping anything else, is not tolerated. If Christians are discovered, Not only are they deported to labour camps as political criminals or even killed on the spot, but their families will share their fate as well. Christians do not even have the slightest space in society. On the contrary, they are publicly warned against. Meeting other Christians in order to worship is almost impossible And if some believers dare to, it has to be done in the utmost secrecy. The churches shown to visitors in Pyongyang serve mere propaganda purposes. Right now, it is estimated that there are around 300,000 Christians in North Korea who must hide their faith and meet in extreme secrecy. They have no religious freedom and they live under constant threat. An estimated 50,000 of those Christians are imprisoned in labor camps, detention centers and banished to remote regions because of their faith. I'd now like to share with you a story about a North Korean girl, Kim Sang-hwa. She writes this. I come from a Christian family. Although for a long time I wasn't even aware my parents were believers. Like so many Christian families, our family was banished in the 1950s to a remote village. However, my father was very good with his hands. I cannot share what his job was, because I don't want to endanger him now. But he was able to make good money, and my mother had relatives in China. My parents continued to hide their faith from the outside world, but I remember waking up one night when I was six. Our house was very small, so we all slept in the same room. When I opened my eyes, I saw my father and mother under the blanket, and I could hear the soft noise of the radio. Later, I learned they were listening to a broadcast from a Christian radio station. In our house was a hidden cupboard. When I was 12, I accidentally found it. I don't know why, but I started to feel inside the cabinet with my hand and felt a book. I pulled it out, opened the book, and began to read. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. I began to shiver and drop the book. I was so scared. My discovery would cost me my life. I was afraid to touch the Bible. But I couldn't just leave it there. I closed my eyes, picked up the book, and put it back. I weighed up my options. Should I tell my teacher? Should I visit the local security official? For 15 days I couldn't think about anything else. I knew it was my duty to report this illegal book. But it was my family which was involved. And I also had all these questions... Who is this God, or what? Finally, I had the courage to ask my father. He was very surprised and sat next to me. Do you see those old trees, he asked me? Who made those? I said I didn't know. My father explained the story of creation to me including how God had made Adam and Eve. Then he turned to me and asked me another question. What is the most dangerous animal? I did not know, but I answered, the snake. And then he told me how sin came into the world. It was the first of many conversations we had about the Bible, about God, Jesus, and the gospel. He explained many Bible stories to me. I was not a real believer yet, but they did make a lot of sense to me. I felt sorry for all those people who didn't know the truth. Even my older siblings were unaware. My mother taught me to memorise Bible verses, and the apostolic creed, and also explained the gospel to me. My grandfather showed me how to pray. It's just talking to God. Nothing more, nothing less. He spoke a lot about Jesus' second coming. He really longed for that. To me, all those stories and ideas were so interesting. I also read the Bible for myself, but I realized it was dangerous. My father always emphasized not to share anything with anyone else. Then he would start to pray in whispers, almost inaudible. Father, help the North Korean people to seek your kingdom first. Sometimes my father met people in a secret location. Many children of believers came to that location too and learned the Bible. We prayed together. Among the people visiting the secret meetings were some non-believers too, even spies. When one of those visitors was dying, my father went to see him on his deathbed the man confessed, I know everything about you, your family and your faith. I was a spy and ordered to watch you. And, my father asked, you're a good man. I never told anyone you were a Christian. Tell me, how can I become a Christian too? In the final moments of his life, This man repented and entered the kingdom of God. My father was able to lead him there. God protected us time and time again. Once there was a random house check, and it seemed this man also knew we were Christians. But this official was a really great guy and really nice. He never gave us away. All this strengthened my father's faith in God. He always experienced so much peace. I really think most believers in North Korea experience more peace and trust God more than believers in free countries. And that's the end of the story, but we'll have a little break and go on straight afterwards. What's been happening in North Korea is happening in many other countries, and just lately I've heard about Burundi, which is um, it, it's, it's experiencing a total intolerance to Christianity. And what I've shared with you today is to do with modern times. But for centuries there has been intolerance to Christians. And the question is, why? Are or were those Christians pariahs in society? Were they criminals? Were they pulling their weight? Were they troublemakers? And the answer to all those questions is a definite no. Jesus explained to his followers why they would experience trouble in their lives. What he said is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and verses 18 and 19. He said this, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. If because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Here, Jesus put his finger right on the button. Christians are persecuted simply because they are different. They live their lives on a different level than most, and because of that, they must suffer intolerance and opposition. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 13, The aged Apostle John, who himself suffered severe persecution, wrote, Do not marvel, my brothers, if the world hates you. As a Christian, I have had only to deal with minor incidents of intolerance. What a privilege it is to live in a country, although regarded as secular, is founded on Christian principles and the ideal of a fair go for everybody. This country, at least since the enforcement of the white Australia policy was abandoned in nineteen seventy three, has been host to peoples, many of them refugees from a variety of cultural and religious backgrounds. Australia is seen by many as the lucky country, and I guess I'm one of them. But, of course, such is not the case in many other countries, especially in places where Islam is the state religion, and in communist countries such as North Korea. From what I've read, China, which once relaxed its attitudes towards Christianity, is now also outlawing Christianity to some degree. Now, I've been to China four times, and on those occasions I perceived no hostility being levelled at me because I was a Christian, but such may not be the case today. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, made a remarkable statement It's recorded in Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. If someone has to suffer because he or she is a Christian, It shows that they are on the right track because worldly people are shown up for what they are, selfish and without deference to God. And they don't like that. As I shared with you a little earlier, to be a follower of Christ, a Christian, in some places today is a very risky business. That has also been the case in the past where, particularly at the hands of the Roman Church, millions of people were killed, imprisoned, wounded, or persecuted for their faith. It is a perplexing question of why evil hates good. Why is it that bad people want to rid the earth of good people? The answer to that question lies with the originator of evil. Satan is the originator of evil. In John 8 verse 44, Jesus explained. He was speaking to some of the Jewish leaders who, also without cause, were out to get him. Jesus said, You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of lies. No wonder bad people act without cause against good people. They're motivated by Satan, the evil one, the originator of evil. I want to share with you a fantastic quote from that famous Christian author, E.G. White, who says, In the final execution of the judgment, it will be seen that no cause for sin exists. When the judge of all the earth shall demand of Satan... Why have you rebelled against me and robbed me of the subjects of my kingdom? The originator of evil can render no excuse. You see, Satan is the rebel without cause. My friends, in this talk today, I've shown you two things. Firstly, you've heard that at least in some places, it's risky to to be recognised as a Christian. Secondly, you should realise by now that the originator of evil, Satan, is the motivator behind people taking action without any just cause against God's people. But how does all this affect you? Well, firstly, you must realise that becoming a Christian is a big step there will be dramatic changes in your life and possibly dramatic changes of relationships. Some of your previous friends may now reject you. The other aspect is, is it worth all the bother? Oh yes, the rewards of faithfulness to God Far outweigh the few difficulties you may experience because of your willingness to be true to your conscience and true to the Lord. Without cause? I have a very good cause to warrant my faithfulness to Jesus, the one who gave his life to rescue me, and you have the same cause to be faithful to. Yes? Evil people are without cause to do evil. But if you honour and serve the Lord, you have the best and most rewarding cause there could ever exist. That's the end for today. Join me next time, won't you? And in the meantime, may God bless you very much.